Today, we will review headlines, life changes, and wonders as the changes in the world keep running up against reality. We will discuss Ron DeSantis, 60 Minutes, and a New American article. everybody this is uh jason powers so it's been a little while since i've done a, a broadcast i've uh, uh took up a, a new position um to make money <laughs> like everybody else out here i'm trying to survive and get through uh, a manufactured crisis um, that is probably going to turn into a actual real crisis of um uh, economic uh, proportion and stuff like that so i can't i can speak to it only in the sense that uh, the more money you print the higher the more you're going to drive inflation and you're going to cause a great deal of economic uh, unrest and that's what this has all been about um this uh the the world economic forums uh, uh a titling of calling it a great reset and I always see. I've always seen this. And my hypothesis is that our uh, our elitist uh, parasites have uh, gotten tired of uh, the middle class uh, 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 knowing their business too well and knowing what they're really like and what they really are. And you know, of course, because they have the power of the state, and since they're some of these people are so divorced from reality, and they have the the politicians over a barrel because. Most of our elected leaders are compromised in some way, shape, or form, either through through their dealings that are actually against the law, or they have uh, uh, skeletons in their closet that, if anyone knew about, in terms of their their per- proclivities of, of uh, a sexual variety, they would probably be facing uh, permanent permanent incarceration. I mean, I'm just hypothesizing here and speculating, but. Uh, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of smoke out there, and where there's smoke, there's fire, and I think we're all well aware of it. And I think um, as of uh, 
in particular the arrest of uh, Jeffrey Epstein kicked off a series of events uh, or certainly a series of uh, uh, implementation of a plan against uh, not only the United States but the Western world because uh, I mean, this had been an ongoing issue with uh, the encroachment of uh, Marxist subversions and allies. And uh, the Marxists are just hustlers. They just like to take all they want to do is steal from you. That's the reason why uh, taxation is considered theft, uh, because what you're doing is essentially taking a person's uh, uh, income generated from their uh, ability to... Uh, sell their labor or sell their uh, ingenuity, their innovations, their business operating skills and, and acquire uh, resources and assets and, and return. And then the state uh, through its uh, through its through this methodology uh, dis- determines to take more and more of your money. That's the reason why anybody who who advocates for higher taxes is actually advocating for more theft. Uh, the, the the idea should be that taxation should be as low as possible. The United States worked uh, off of uh, just trade uh, trade mechanisms and tariffs uh, for much of, much of the first half of its uh, existence from 1789 to about oh probably about the 1890s. Um, even uh, there was times when our government was uh, was rarely as much in debt of course we were also at that time an expansionary um expansionary existence uh, many people will counterman that and say oh well we stole land from the indians and whatnot i go uh there was no the claims made to the lands out there i mean sadly people who live where they live is they've always run up against the same thing they've always ran up against which is of course if you can't hold your land then you lose your land that's the reason why it's so important and such a vital necessity that you should have a certain amount of military uh, militarization of your your uh, your company or um, your group. Uh, we call it your government. Um, the formation of a government, as it was with the the United States of America, of course, pissed off a lot of people, and it always left us at a loggerheads of how we were going to maintain a country maintain a a system of governance and many people wanted to see that fail in particular the british empire did uh british empire was highly pissed off at us because of course we were the ones who who uh um defeated them and then uh established our own way of thinking they were hijacking us during the civil war they wanted the south to win they wanted they wanted the they knew uh, a weakened nation a split nation or split avis a a split between the the two parties would lead to more inner fighting and more war and that would make it easier for them to come back over and conquer us because that was exactly what they wanted to do and that's been going on for a long time it always goes on these are these are conversations we never get to hear but yet they happen so that's a long intro to something totally irrelevant uh kind of side note but um yeah uh, we're going to start off with uh, the the first what I uh, site called firstheadlines.com, which I, I was turned on to. So it gives an idea of what the the most current headlines are in the news. I'm just going to read off the top ten and see, or I'm going to look through a few of the top ten and just look at them. 
So the a new one from Fox News, Pope Francis com, uh, commends Prince Philip's devotion to marriage and family. Public service, which is interesting because Prince Philip, uh, is, um, his family was intertwined with uh, the Nazi regime back in the 1940s. Or I think it's his sister's. He was uh, he married a of course uh, uh, Queen Elizabeth or whatever the current queen is. Um, I don't know much about it. I know he was ninety nine, so he lived forever. <laughs> and I had nothing against that, but he he had been around for a very long time. So New York Post inside Williston, uh, North Dakota, where men work hard, make bank, and get in trouble. So they can't even leave men alone. Um, when men work hard and make money, then they also have to throw in the caveat. Yeah, they're going around making trouble. So that's from the New York Post. Washington, D.C. Aid group says, says detained migrant killed, two injured in Libya. Uh, I'm sure that would be an interesting uh, article to read about. Um, New York Post. How Ronald Reagan's wife, Nancy, let her astrologer control, uh, let her astrologer control the presidency. Oh yes, let's bring that back up again because you know it's only been about forty years now. So let's let's uh, uh, do what we can to hijack or demonize. I'm sure that article was written from a. This is the this is the way they frame uh, certain. They always frame anybody who's on the conservative side or the right right of the spectrum uh, a way in a way to get the initiatives that they want across. That you know the. That the the rights, you know, all about religion and crazy extremism, whereas the left is, of course, the sane and rational ones. That 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 is that is a that is a hoot usually because uh, if you look at the way the society goes and the left thinks they're not winning, or they they think they're winning, but really all they're doing is alienating most of our society because even people who who would give them the benefit of the doubt are, are already turning to the point where they're like, okay, this is just you're just being stupid, but they keep their mouth shut because they don't want to be um, uh, a crit- uh, they don't want to be um, canceled or otherwise being uh, imposed upon by a group of harpies. Because that's what the left does. They just gather in their little harpy groups, and then they, uh, in that collectivization, they think uh, their strength in numbers, their strength in numbers, and being trolls and being uh, being uh, abusive towards other people because uh, they don't agree with your opinions. And and generally speaking, it's not an opinion that's uh, is a hardened opinion on them. The hardened opinion of it, the hardened part of the opinion is that, you know, I just don't agree with your lifestyle or I don't agree with your choices or I don't agree with you trying to take money from me or expecting me to pay reparations. But okay, next uh, topic. Uh, let's look at here. So uh, Washington, D.C. Iran uh, says nuke program testing newest advanced, advanced centrifuge. So Iran's back at it again, of course, because they they want to they want to have a nuclear deterrent against Israel. That's what it boils down to in the nut in the nutshell. Because uh, you know, they they they're always scared that somebody's going to attack them. Well, Iran probably should stop going around attacking other people, and they probably wouldn't have that problem. But of course, you know that's this is the see this is the evolution of the 21st century we were supposed to have gotten to the point where uh, peace would be a benefit but there's always a the the, the reason why they want the great reset is because they want us to be warmongering and they want us at each other's throats so you know 
we got to have a more violence on the our planet because uh, the leftist ideology is uh, communism is just about violence, uh, corruption, grifting. Um, it's never about, it's all about, para, uh, I call it the parasitic mechanism. And that's why globalists are so, are so parasitic because all they do is play people off each other. There's an example of this. Uh, I'll play it a little later. Well, I guess I can go to it now and see if I can type it up here. I'm doing this kind of just, I didn't really do a lot of preparation for this uh, broadcast because I, I'm just recovering from uh, working on the, I'm working at a place where uh, there's a lot of manual labor and it takes a lot out of you. And uh, yeah, I'm, my body's adjusting to that fact because it isn't just uh, just me uh, talking about it. So uh sticks hex and hammer did a video this morning on it and i read the heard the article last night and see if i can get to it um i'm gonna play his uh sounder from it um uh, let's see here well i guess i'll have to do it the hard way because oh so the the job that i'm doing right now is um uh, putting up uh structures uh, tinning, uh, uh, for, um, I guess you could say for, uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, people, events and whatnot. So it's kind of an interesting, um, uh, deal because, uh, when you're putting up like large tenting, uh, or things, uh, in terms of the metal and the, the, the tarp, and I mean, we're not talking little structures. We're talking things that are 30 to 50 meters long and, you know, 10 to 20 meters wide. They're going to be, they're huge, uh, huge structures. They're obviously have to be durable enough to withstand, a, a, a probably gale force winds and stuff like that. Um, they're being, they, you, they use them obviously at fairs. You've seen it. You've seen these, uh, structures built all around the country. So that's what I'm doing. Uh, you don't realize how how much detail goes into something until you actually have to do it. So I'm gonna play this video from uh, uh, Sticks, and we'll let it go from there. Hopefully. All right, everyone. Time for our second alt tech exclusive of the day. BLM was founded by Marxists, self-proclaimed. It's funny how many people don't realize that. <laughs> you show them the video of them literally proclaiming this, and their mind shuts down, and they go straight NPC face, and they start you know glazing over and. Don't register what the fuck you're saying because, you know, they're not even basically capable of an independent thought. Uh, but leftist grifting uh, pays really, really well. Keep in mind that Marxism is grifting. Most of the people that say, well, I'm a communist, I'm a, a Marxist, I'm a Nazbol or something. No, no, you, you just want money. A lot of them, like, like the breadliners or the grift left, these people don't even genuinely believe in what they're peddling. They're doing it in order to be antagonistic and, and you know, in many other ways as well. Uh, it, the being scumbags in order to make, you know, more, more AdSense revenue. They get more clicks. They get addicted to it, by the way. They don't even realize that they're basically addicts. <laughs> Just so that we're aware, the grift left are basically the same as heroin uh, addicts. It's exactly the same basic function. But anyway, one of the BLM co-founders, uh, one of these Marxists self-proclaimed, and, and this should tell you, like, you know, this person's priorities are, are pretty funny, uh, just bought a house, a nice big, uh, actually a compound. On a nice quarter acre, and, and when you're in L.A. County, that's quite a lot, by the way. Uh, so it's a, a big house, plus a little guest house, and, and then like a little compound sort of thing. 
$1.4 million in a neighborhood that's 95% white, by the way. And this person claims that white people are all racist and look down on her and spit on her for who she is, and yet she's moving right into their neighborhood. Isn't that very, very interesting? By the way, when your sole source of income is whatever you're getting from BLM, you're one of their co-founders, you're organizing things, when that's your income, how did you scrape together $1.4 million over the course of only a few years? You must have, how are you getting so much money? Could it be you get speaking fees, book deals, things that politicians typically get? Could you be dipping into the donations that are supposed to go to uplift some poor black family? I think so. Uh, that'll probably be revealed at some point. Probably be, uh, you can expect her house eventually she gets raided by the feds or something like that. They're like, well, uh, there seems to be some bank account fraud going on here. A zero magically disappeared on your taxes. We're wondering what happened. Where are the receipts for this million dollars of tax write-offs that you made for traveling fees and shit like that? Because we don't have airline tickets showing you did. I have a feeling that there's some funny business going on. $1.4 million. And keep in mind, again, what cash on hand and wealth are two different things. She's buying this $1.4 million house, so she's either got that money like up front or she's, she's got the credit and got the money, the collateral, to be able to get a mortgage. That's a lot of money, dude. I know I couldn't afford that. So apparently, so the BLM co-founder, she's black, of course, uh, just to be clear, black lives matter. Uh, she's, the system hates her. It's run by white supremacists. Black people are downtrodden and need reparations. But she moves to a virtually all-white neighborhood and ha apparently has like 1.4 million lying around. Really, really oppressed, right? <laughs> So there you go. Um, as a matter of fact, I'll, he archived it. I saw the article earlier, and I'll I'll click to it. So, yeah, this would be. Um, let's see who is it? Uh, Patrice Colors. Yep. So these uh, there were three of them. They were all put on the quote unquote uh, Times uh, Times Top 100 People of the Year or whatever. There's an article on it. Uh, there was also an article about BLM getting about 10.4 billion dollars in collected uh, donations from from various uh, organizations including Bank of America who I think gave them one billion dollars by themselves so there's a lot of money going through this uh, going to this organization and of course you know people say well they deserve it you know they've uh, done so many so much good work for society and uh, uh, now they haven't done any good work for society all they've done is um, you know, like he, like, uh, Sticks was saying, they've just exploited the shit out of everything, and, uh, they enjoy doing that, that's their, that's their hustle, uh, they enjoy hustling the rest of us for all their, uh, their grievance, uh, grievances against, uh, society, and they, they don't, they don't believe any of the crap that they're selling, they're just, they're just selling it to dupable people, because, you can tell a lot by a person by how much they're interested in, and all they do is focus on problems. They they focus on problem identification. They never actually focus on a on a rational solution. They focus on the problem, uh, or they don't. They won't even attempt it. They won't even attempt to say, "Let's just do something really, uh, really do some common sense root cause analysis." So, if you take for example, let's just take for example. Uh, the differentials between uh, you know uh, blacks in America and, and whites in America. There's a there's a substantial mo a portion of black Americans that are located in inner city uh, locales, big cities in particular. So you know like a Houston or a LA or 
or Minneapolis or Chicago or Washington D.C. or Atlanta. Those are just a, a few off the top of my head. I don't I don't have the, the statistics in front of me, but uh, in terms of what percentage of their populations are are black or the black Hispanic, a or uh, I won't say Asian, but Asian uh, Asian culture versus white. There, those are, seem to be the four classes of people that uh, our uh, demographics are broken into based upon the census. So anyway, if we look at those particular cities, I'm sure there's a higher a higher proportion that are uh, there are or certainly there's a higher black population in certain segments of the city. And of course, you know they'll say, well, there's a lot of misinvestment and uh, you know there's a lack of lack of uh, uplifting and all this, and it always comes back to money. But it isn't about the money. The money comes into the cities. The cities collect taxes, and they can do do with the money as they wish, and that's what they do. Uh, the local the local authorities there, the local mayor, the town council. It's usually a mayor. The bigger the city, obviously, there's a mayor, and and there's sometimes a, a, a alderman, or they have a council of sorts, and they determine what kind of policies they're going to implement. It all boils back to policies. If you do that with any any major metropolitan area, it comes back to what is it that they what is it that they do to improve their um, their uh, tax base? What do they do to improve uh, families? And that's a key structure. The Marx the Marxist uh, ideology has always been about uh, attacking the family and destroying the family, and they do that because uh, by splitting people apart. Splitting apart, you know, a man and a woman, and and, and leave, uh, basically exploiting the child, exploiting the, uh, the 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 fact that the child is going to be disrupted, and you have an in, in, instability in in that person's life from the get go, then they're going to act in an unstable manner for the rest of their life. This is just common sense because it's a rare person that can overcome a sure amount of all that instability. Unless they have a, you know, they have to have a, a certain, they have to have to have a certain makeup, and in many cases, even if they have that certain makeup, there's going to be, there's still going to be results where they're going to regret the things that they're going to do. They're going to get involved in certain aspects of life and society. This instability started really out of out of the 1960s because prior to that. Uh, uh, in many cases, the 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 family, whether you're talking about whether they were white or black or otherwise, uh, there was a low in, lower incidence of divorce. There was a lower incidence of of uh, multiple multiple uh, uh, I would say multiple homes or uh, uh, what happens in divorce. You have to you have two different um, home lives. You have your your father's home life and you have your mother's home life. If you have a father at all in the, involved in the situation. And they wanted that du- the, the our uh, globalist agenda people wanted that duplication because of course that creates more consumerism. It also creates more of a hustle for the the left to generate more courts and, and need more lawyers and you need more more uh, policemen and you need more city governmental rules. It's all a hustle. It's always been a hustle. It's not about efficiency. It's about inefficiency. It's about creating problems. It's never about solving any problems. And this is what's happened on the left. And it's been going on for 50 or 60 years. It's not that anyone hasn't called them out on this. I mean, it's been, the, Thomas Sowell was calling this out in the 1970s. Milton Friedman, Friedman was calling this out in the 1970s. 
That's back when we, that's back when people thought things were falling apart, and the, the United States was still a very, was a very, very, very strong nation, and we didn't have nearly as much social disruption as we have today. Um, that was at the, just the, at the outset, and the reason why people called it out then was the hope that we could arrest it. But instead, we had many people who kept on pushing the grievance studies, especially feminists, especially um, uh, these, uh, you know, people who uh, uh, consider themselves, you know, ethnically diverse and, and, and uh, you know, let's just say what they are, they're, they're mixed race. Um, they generally have the most problems. But yes, yet many of the people that cause these hustles, I grew up in a privileged background. You know, they grew up in an upper middle class family. Uh, they learned this stuff and they learned that, you know, they think that they're, they, they, there may have been one point in their life when they thought they were going to do something good, but instead they just fell in love with the money that they could get from becoming a, a director of something or uh, creating a center and, and getting government grants. And all they have to do is pr- produce some kind of paper paper trail that says that they're trying to uh, address a problem and the government governments or or private uh, funders you know foundations ngos uh they start sucking people uh, sucking in money from uh different various outlets who who assist them in their grift and next thing you know these people have been grifting for 20 years and yet they haven't solved one problem Um, they certainly aren't doing anything for their community and on the political side, on the governmental side, and the mayors and the judges and the lawyers and all these inner city um, uh, elements that go on and, and continue to talk about how they need more money to make make uh, problems go away, and they never solve any problem. All they do is usually they find some way to uh, get get a certain benefit from uh, getting all that money from the taxpayers. Hold on. <coughs> oh. <clears throat> guess I got got guess I got the COVID this morning, so we'll talk about that later. <clears throat> anyway, so they the the concept here with um, the the government involved in these inner cities with regards to you know African Americans or Black Americans, um, depending upon what kind of label you use, and that's always been a hustle too, is which label they're going to apply to a certain group of people. But anyway, the, the these cities are run run into the ground. Matter of fact, uh, just recently, or I guess uh, I guess our gov- the governor of uh, in New York is uh, they put put forth a bill and they're going to pay uh, uh, illegals. They're going to give them a a, a greater uh, stipend. I think it's like fifteen thousand dollars for for being here. You know, this is their this is their uh, Corona aid package that they're they're setting up. And all they're doing this for is to create division. They're they're specifically they're specifically uh, trying to capture the votes of those people that came in, and they're going to ask them to you know you know if you sign up for it, you can get up to fifteen thousand dollars. I mean that's your taxpayer money. If if not just that could be your taxpayer money. That's assuming that we've actually paid in enough taxes. I mean as a country on a whole to even make a difference because at this point they're just printing money out of thin air which is what the Biden administration is doing right at this moment which is going to lead to massive inflation so even though they're going to give these people $15,000 it's not going to go anywhere unless they get it into some hard assets like a house or or what have you something 
something tangible because if they don't do that right away, but it won't matter. The whole point of this was this is what Democrats and, and liberals in particular or the left left side of the spectrum does. They want they take money and they exploit it. They they exploit they exploit the treasury of the United States. They've exploited uh, they exploit people that are just hardworking people that just want to pay their taxes and have you know a few things. They want decent roads, decent schools, and decent law enforcement. And uh, as it turns out, they're not even getting that. Uh, the roads are falling apart, and Joe Biden isn't going to do anything about that. He never was planning on it. They stifled any any hopes that Trump could ever do anything about that because they didn't want him to get a win on that particular topic. Even though he would have been the he would have been the best person for the job if they would have allowed it to go ahead, but it didn't happen. So no infrastructure. We know our schools suck. All they do is teach division and hatred. They're not even they're not even working uh, for us. You see what the teachers unions did. All they did was try to blackmail people to let them stay at home and, and, and pretend to be scared of a, a virus that the, that if you're under the age of 50, you, you got about a 99.98% or 99.8% chance of survival. Matter of fact, um, going back to the CDC, so as of the last two years for this COVID thing based upon age, so, so far, and uh, from... For that period of time since COVID has started, there has been uh, amongst the people zero to uh, between people that are under 17 years old, there's been 251 deaths out of 39,620 deaths total. So your chances, if you were under 17, of having any in- involving COVID, and now like I said, involving COVID-19, your chances of getting it were like 0.05 percent. Uh, Something like that, 0.5% chance that you were going to die of COVID-19. You got 99.5% chance of dying of something else other than that if you're under 17. The next group, 18 to 29. See, they changed, and that's another thing I hate about the CDC. They changed their little categories, and they've done this several times. They change it by age group to capture, and to, they're, just, they're just bad at statistics. They just need to leave these alone, but they haven't. So if you're between 18 and 29 years old, there's been 2,000 deaths out of 75,000 total. So we're talking 137th. So we're talking about a 3%, 3% chance that COVID-19 was going to be involved in your death. So almost, so anything, anybody, okay. So from 30 to 39 years old, you had 5,792 deaths out of 107,348 deaths total. So Roughly, we'll just say six, uh, basically five percent chance again, five to five and a half percent chance of COVID being involved, being being involved in your death. So there's ninety five other ninety five percent chance of dying of something else if you were between the ages of thirty and thirty nine. So forty and forty nine. This would be the group age group that I'm in. So fifteen thousand seven hundred thirteen out of one hundred sixty one thousand six hundred seventy deaths. So it's almost almost a ten percent, but it's about nine percent chance for COVID. So if you're under the age of fifty, you had almost I mean there was there was less than a ten percent chance at the worst and almost it was like point zero three percent chance uh at the low end, uh under basically minors. 
So now the next three groups are the big ones. So even among 50 to 64-year-olds. So now it goes from 10-year gr uh, groupings up to 15-year-old uh, groupings. So 50 to 64 years. So you had 81,654 deaths out of 681,000. So probably about 11% chance that COVID was going to be involved in your your uh, diagnosis for death. Uh, 65 to 74, back to back to 10-year increments. So 118,000 um, divided by 836,000. So you do that, that's about 12%. And then from 75 to 84, which is your life expectancy in America, I think for males is about 77 to 78 years old, and for females it's about 82 years old, or 82 years on average. So we're talking about this is... This is the average life expectancy of a person in the United States. Uh, so amongst them, uh, involving COVID was 149,814 out of 1,016,718. So we'll say 15%. So about 15% uh, chance that COVID was going to be involved in your, uh, what was going to be listed on your uh, death certificate as the reason why you passed away. So 15% chance COVID was involved there. 85 and over. So if you make it to 85 years old, you've lived a long life. Um, and, and, and nothing against that. It just says that if you're at 85 years old and you you caught COVID-19, I mean, got a COVID positive test and, and somehow didn't have other comorbidities like you might have had uh, renal failure or or a heart condition that finally uh, took you, or you might have had dementia. You might have had, uh, or maybe a cancer finally, um, uh, uh, you succumbed to cancer. Because people can live for, you know, several years, but at the end of your life, I mean, your your immune system's going downhill. It's not improving, it's, it's deteriorating. So amongst that group was 165,653 deaths recorded with COVID-19. And the deaths from all causes is 1.242 million. So if we look at that group, we'll say that that's probably around 17%. So 17% of all deaths of that great When you look at it all together, even with the high incidence at the, at the top end, uh, 539,000 divided by 4.1 million. So we're still at about one-eighth uh, one or about 11 to 12%, say 12% of deaths had COVID-19 of, of all deaths. That's, that, that's 12% that had some kind of listing of COVID-19. That means there's 88% of other deaths that took place in America during that time that had nothing to do with COVID-19. Nothing. Not, none, none whatsoever. So... You had you had three and a half million people, more than three and a half million people that had who died during this time period that nobody cares about. And when I say nobody cares about, nobody, nobody, nobody in the media cares about. That's the problem with the media. They focus, they frame, and they focus on the the aspects of a, a situation based upon their their mentality and their um, their skewed version of reality. And their skewed version of reality they present to you is propaganda. The whole point of them doing that is to get you to be get all upset about it. And a funny thing, another thing too, is more males have died of COVID-19. And more males in general have died overall during this time frame than, than women. 
women live uh, have a lar- longer life expectancy. But here's a funny thing: so, eighty five eighty five years and old, older, um, there's been there was ninety five thousand uh, women who passed away to COVID uh, with COVID nineteen involving COVID nineteen. There were seven hundred fifty four thousand women who passed away in general. Amongst males, you had seventy thousand who died, who had a COVID nineteen at the the time of their death. But there was only four hundred eighty seven thousand who died that were over eighty age of eighty five. So you see the discrepancy there. There's over a quarter million. There was a, a two hundred sixty four million or two hundred sixty eight million. Or two hundred two hundred sixty eight two hundred sixty eight thousand. Let me reiterate two hundred sixty eight thousand differential between the females and the the males there in terms of the number of of uh, people that are uh, passed away at eighty five and old, older. So it, that just shows you the skewedness of uh, that will show you the skewedness of the number of avail- a number of women who live past a certain age above 85 years old as compared to the males just based upon mortality because if you take the next category down there's more males there's 532,000 who died overall versus the females that were 484,000 so more women live at to a, a, a later later stage of life than men and men die earlier and their their numbers are usually substantially different from the the women, and that's true for each each of the categories that were listed. Uh, there were more male deaths for each one of the other categories, except for the the last one, which was dominated by the women. So that tells you something. It just tells you that the even if the differential between the two groups is there's slightly more women, but the women are always skewed to the higher end. And if you're living to 85 years old, that's a pretty long life, and I mean, you shouldn't make a big deal out of it. So we'll go to uh, uh, David Knight here for a second. That gives me a chance to think about something else to talk about before we go on to the next segment. This uh, vaccine site in Colorado shut down at Dick's Sporting Goods. And I saw that and I tweeted out, I said, yeah, that's where I always go to get my experimental jabs. It's my, my favorite place to get experimental medical treatment is Dick's Sporting's Goods, right? Unbelievable. <laughs> I was laughing about the fact yesterday the NBC Today show hosts are modeling for everybody. See, we're all getting our shots and our vaccines and I got mine at Walgreens. Like, yeah, you want to get top-notch medical care. Let's go retail here. Um <laughs> All these people who are focused on medical experts and they go to Walgreens and Dick's Sporting Goods to get their medical treatment. Talk about cognitive dissonance. You talk about an idiocracy. And I said the irony was that Dick's said that guns were too dangerous to sell. So now, you know, they, they're afraid you might get shot with a gun, but now they're going to shoot you with an experimental jab. They had... 18 people, or was it 13, or was it 11? See, the number keeps dropping down. They know that they had a couple of people they had to take away in ambulances. Uh, one person said there were two ambulances there. One was pulling in as we were pulling uh, was pulling in as we were pulling in, and there was another one that was already set up there. It was at least an hour and a half passed before they said, "Well, we're not comfortable with any of these adverse reactions, and so we're not going to give this to anybody else." So they had about 640 patients. Unable to get the vaccine. These people still waiting there, as you see. 
multiple people, think about the psychology of this, whether it's 11, 13, 18, you're, you're watching these people being taken out. You're seeing at least two ambulances taking people out. And you're going to sit there and wait another several hours so that you can be the next in line? Absolutely unbelievable. Yes, it is absolutely unbelievable. Uh, excuse me. So yeah, it's absolutely uh, <laughs> stunning how people will will uh, line up at a Dick's Sporting Goods or a Walgreens, get in a drive-through, and then let somebody come up and stick a, stick stick them in the arm with this. And and of course they'll say, well, you know, well we're just making sure you get the vaccine, and there's no need for all this other stuff. We'll we'll be sanitary, blah blah blah, and and all this other kind of stuff. And it's just, I mean. Do does the the does the term uh, you know being used as a guinea pig? Do you want to be on an assembly line and just have somebody shoot something into your arm with no possible? I mean, and the, like you said, there's adverse events, and there was a report put out, you know, that they had uh, suspended this, and they quote unquote are taking a pause. Uh, that's their way of saying, uh, yeah, we we probably should <laughs> we should probably uh, uh, make sure we're not messing up anything. Of course they're messing up stuff because, you know what, they're rolling this out way, way too fast. And we know they have been. And, of course, now, though, there's going to be recriminations and there's going to be people pointing fingers and they're gonna, there's going to be people arguing about it. it was all Trump's fault. And there's going to be people that are going to say it's all Biden's fault. Honestly, it's not either one of the chief executives' uh, uh, fault. But they're the since they're you know captains of the ship when they were in charge, uh, they'll take the most responsibility. No, the people that you need to be looking at are the ones with no liability, which are the the manufacturers of the vaccine, and the doctors and the nurses that promote this crap, um, knowing full well that if they would have just done a better job with uh, therapeutics and and front end uh, uh, medical care, which is a Again, this goes back to the root cause analysis, kind of like the same with the, the democratic cities. They don't ever want to go back to what's what's the initial problem. For example, I mean, even, you know, like I said, therapeutics. Well, if you have somebody who has a poor diet and and obese and doesn't take care of themselves and doesn't, doesn't exercise, doesn't move around, and they've lived to be 55 or 60 years old and they suddenly get the pneumonia well i mean if their body's in a poor condition i mean what's the likelihood that they're going to survive from this well of course there was and then we know that there was an uh, uh of course they're going to have problems and and there's going to be uh um their survival chances are going to go down substantially and when i say survival chances going down it's just just because their body's ill-equipped to uh, to take in a virus that is targeting their ACE2 receptors as the, the medical professionals and the cool kids. Now everybody said, well, that's why they need the vaccine. Uh, <laughs> it's like, here's the funny thing. The vaccine is, is was rushed to market, as far as I can tell. Nobody's ever said that they didn't go through the, the longevity with the trialing. Uh, you know, from all I've known in the prior experiences vaccines take many years of testing and verification it seems kind of interesting that the quality control bit was not was not necessarily important this time which is always a, a 
it, it amazes me on public policy that people who complain about all this regulation and uh, or complain about either complain or don't complain about regulation. So, for example, liberals love regulation, but yet when it suits their purposes, they'll they'll just avoid all regulation at all to get what they want. But and by the same token, if if you bring up the argument that you know regulation, for example, something as simple as like building a structure or uh, a securing permits to to actually improve some you know say a highway system or something like that and the liberals will 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 stonewall you and file lawsuits and do everything they can to say no 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 you can't do that we don't want you to do that and then the funny thing is as soon as as soon as they get you defeated and they get back in power and control they'll go right ahead and just do exactly it's all about them getting credit why because that's how they maintain power they have to pretend that they're, they 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 have to pretend to care about solving issues, but the thing is, they have to have the issues exist. So the same thing with the vaccine or the virus or whatever, they needed the virus in order to to implement their control plan, which is exactly what they've been doing for the last you know year plus. Um, actually, since since basically since Trump's been in office, they. They stonewalled and blockaded him and investigated him. And they did everything they could to disrupt America. Um, and they, they fueled this, they, they fueled all these different uh, vectors to, uh, to undermine our society, you know, the racism and, and they, they, they had to do the racism thing because, uh, uh, crime rates have been dropping. Crime rates were dropping under Trump until 2020. I mean, if you looked at the prior three years of uh, the FBI statistics, crime in America was at record lows. There weren't the, the number of uh, deaths or murders, whether it be rapes or whatever the major crimes you can think of, larceny, uh, robbery, all these things were down. And even in the in many of the blue districts, as a matter of fact, the only places that I think that were even uh, slightly increasing were in towns or, or uh, localities that were under 100,000 in population. So even the big metro areas had were starting to have good crime rates. I mean, historical historically low crime rates. Didn't mean that there wasn't crime still. It just means that there were less less major crimes and, you know, as long as you're making some progress or at least maintaining where you're at, uh that's that's important. Uh I think there's a total of I, I there was a uh, somebody had posted up on Gab uh, the number of uh, deaths. You know, when you think of gun violence and whatnot, it's very rare in the United States that you're going. I mean, it's ten thousand. It's like ten or eleven thousand murders. Which, if you take that out of three hundred thirty million people, you start doing the math. It's pretty. You have a pretty small. Uh, your every year is is fairly remote. Very remote. That you're going to actually get, it's like, would be roughly about one in, you got about a one in about 4,000 chance, roughly, of of that being the the cause of your death. I mean, and and granted, you know, that that seems high, but I mean, it it is what it is because of the fact that you have probably 90% of those things are happening because of inner city squabbling and violence due to the fact that you have this, um, overarching social decay that's been going on for decades and it's being driven by 
leftist policies, you know, destruction of the family, poor education, uh, division, uh, trying to squabble over things, lack of uh, totally corrupt politicians who refuse to change the change the methodology in which they want to operate. They don't solve problems; they create problems. That's how they keep their hustle going. And so, uh, in the last few years, under uh, last two years. Uh, from 2019 through 2021, uh, they've had to, uh, you know, ramp up the racism angle because they wanted to create division, and they they succeeded. They got crime rates all are going up, way up. They've de- they and then of course they said we needed to fund the police. Now imagine that. Here it is that we were coming down. We were on record low crime, and now they say we needed to fund the police because the, the police are the problem. Now, how did they become the problem? How How is it that they became the problem? Oh, because of Derek Chauvin, which is going through a show trial right now. I don't even care for much for police. And I have my own reasons for that. But uh, that being said, I, I'm, supportive of, I'm supportive of law and order. As long as they're uh, enforcing the correct laws. When I say correct laws, the laws that are on the books that are, um, <laughs> I would say, morally... Uh, uh, applicable and they're doing it in a, in a basically a fairly consistent manner across the board no matter who they in encounter um, which they don't uh, I know that and you probably know that too to some degree that being said uh, there are some things that are just patently obvious and nobody should be questioning but of course you know that's where the that's where the, that's the Marxism they take any event that they can even when it's patently obvious, they're trying to push a narrative. So, for example, someone gets killed. Uh, there was an obviously, you know, there was a, a shooting and a, a, and a police responds with a, a force and that person uh, uh, perishes. And then they have to turn, they have to spin the narrative to make it seem like that, that, that policeman acted as a monster when honestly he was just protecting himself in the moment in an event. And for the most part, it's usually a cop that's not particularly wasn't particularly aggressive or just does his job right that being said there's asshole cops out there and they 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 do a horrible job of uh they destroy the foundation of their their the position and their cops that just do whatever they're told to do and they're just there for a paycheck now they'll say well you know a lot of people say well they could go do something else i mean if they you know they're just there for the paycheck. Well, that's that's the whole point of having a, um, hopefully, a command structure that, that weeds out the people that are just there for the paycheck and enjoy power. Uh, you want a cop that actually wants to know their community and does something that shows a, a connection to it. In, order, in other words, they talk to the people in the community and they actually understand who the heck they're policing instead of just randomly going out there and just getting... I mean, yeah, they're, some people say, well, they're putting their lives on the line. And it's like, yeah, they are. That being said, many of the, the dirtbag cops are, are are probably prone to ignore any situation or, or ignore as many situation or events they can where they won't get hurt. And yet they'll antagonize other situations where uh, they can employ or deploy their own force and their own power onto somebody because they get, get off on that. So it's, it's each, each officer has to be taken in, in accordance to what he is or him or her. Um, 
they have to be uh, looked at from that perspective. Uh, so I think it's just, uh, I think we're just in a society now that's going to have to make some, um, we're going, we're going to have to congeal, uh, at a local level in order to change or, uh, decimate what has become a leftist, uh, <clears throat> breeding ground of, of demoralizing, uh, uh, narratives that have been set upon us. So I guess I'm going to shift this focus here in this last little segment here on Ron DeSantis. So he became big news because of the 60 Minutes hit job that was put out against him. But uh, there was an article written in The New American, which I'm going to read a little bit of, and then we'll we'll go from there. So at a roundtable hearing convened by popular Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, top scientists and public health experts from across America and beyond slammed face masks, Lockdowns, contact tracing schemes, and dubious mandates imposed by many other governors and policymakers in response to COVID-19. One of the scientists who has been subjected to big tech censorship on social media also argued that censoring experts who disagree with the establishment narrative was dangerous to public health. In short, DeSantis is being vindicated. All the fake fact checks in the world could not blunt the devastating testimony by the highly credentialed scientists and medical experts on the Florida panel brought together by Florida's governor. And so, aside from a a handful of local reports trying to dismiss the hearing and demonize the Republican governor, the establishment media just pretended it did not happen, which is what they usually do. Still, the news is getting out. And increasingly, even Democrats are realizing DeSantis appears to have gotten it right despite all the hysteria from the press and the totalitarians. I mean, obviously New Americans got their own, got their uh, conservative slant here, but uh, I think it's pretty pretty much spot on. So among the experts at, at DeSantis' discussion was Stanford Medical School professor in med- of medicine, Dr. J. Uh, Bachachari one of the leading figures behind the Great Barrington Declaration that slammed COVID restrictions as unnecessary and disastrous for public health. When asked by Governor DeSantis about whether mass masking had reduced COVID transmission in areas where it was widespread, the highly respected doctor's answer was clear and unambiguous. It just doesn't help on disease spread, he said. He said, ridiculing the idea of teaching children to read while wearing face masks, he said, not only does the evidence show the masks did not prevent tr- transmission, in some ways they've been harmful because people believe that masks protect them, vulnerable, vulnerable people. And they take more risks than they ought because they feel like they're protected by something that does not protect them. Dr. Uh, uh concluded, slamming CDC scientists for spreading claims that were, quote-unquote, not true regarding masks. Quote, on net, I think not only were the masks not effective, but they, they've been harmful, unquote. Ironically, dozens of studies have shown that masks, even in controlled hospital settings, are, are best ineffective. At worst, they can be potentially harmful. Among the other concerns, numerous doctors and experts have suggested that masks can and do lead to bacterial or even potentially de- deadly fungal infections, especially when... When worn by untrained members of the public, adding insult to injury, dangerous chemicals that can shrink male genitals and produce infertil- uh, infertility 
have been found in widely dis used disposable face masks. So there, there again, there was a risk that, uh, of course, no one seems to be particularly uh, um, paying attention to. So you had this, you had this whole thing of the, the they made these mask uh, mask in bulk, and I've seen videos of them making masks and showing how they handle them. There's no quality control. You don't know what you're putting on your face. The fact that they had to produ mass produce all these masks introduced the element that these masks were unsanitary to begin with and maybe being maybe intentionally unsanitary because the people that were producing them were were told what do we care they're just going to america we don't care about them and that and, they, and not only just america but europe or anywhere else in the world i know that there was a contract deal made by gavin newsom newsom with a company out of china that wasn't even in the healthcare industry and suddenly they turned on their turned on the uh, turned on a dime and produced a bunch of masks for for that particular state it was almost a billion dollar contract so that tells you everything you need to know uh so we could go further into this but i think most of you would realize that i feel the same way about this and there's been numerous other people that have uh, uh mentioned the same thing that we're uh we're uh we've been fighting this for a long time in terms of this misinformation and what's going on in our society. Um, it's had reprehensible consequences for the vast majority of people. So I started looking back at their week, week to week, uh, uh, death totals. And if we go back, I guess you could say the numbers have come back down to quote unquote normal, which is roughly about, Oh, about 8,000 uh, people per day, 8,500 people per day uh, passing away in the United States of America. Uh, during this winter, we did get hit pretty good, at least according to deaths, deaths from all causes. Um, but, you know, the percentage of deaths, a percent, percentage of expected deaths, even according to their own modeling, was only at about 135%. Uh, on on in norm uh above average so 135% yeah it sounds bad on a week to week basis but you know this was uh if you looked at the 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 trek of uh the downturn of deaths in the United States for a period of years uh we were actually um probably at a minimum in terms of the the what i say the death percentage in america versus what it had been historically um and by that i mean the number of deaths in, as a ratio of the number of people in the united states so say for example if we had we'll just take round numbers of so if you had three million people die and you had 300 million people in the united states that would be a one percent death mortality over a course of a year that's not including the people that are coming in but Say say the number uh, offsets exactly. So we had three million people show up and uh, from births and, and immigration, and you had three million people who passed away of generally of an older duration. So your net your net total of people is the same. So your mortality though is still one percent just for just for uh, argument's sake. So, you know, there's there's this kind of kind of uh, unfortunate circumstance that, you know, as I mentioned earlier, that, you know, women and men 
of a certain age were highly susceptible to dying of COVID. When I say dying of COVID or dying with COVID, uh, they probably already had enough immune um, uh, depression uh, or uh, distress. Their immune systems were so um, dysfunctional or, or, or uh, worn down that that the um, the introduction of a, a novel coronavirus was all it took to push him over the edge. Um, and of course, it doesn't help when when you have doctors who mistreated their patients at the get go here. And there's been people that were younger that probably could have been treated much better. I'm not saying that these lives don't matter. I'm saying that these lives could have been probably there was a substantial number of these people who would have who would have not have perished if we would have done things functionally differently if we would have bifurcated the response if we would have allowed people to go on about uh, about their uh, task uh, if we would have showed up at uh, people's homes that were over uh, a certain age and did uh, wellness checks on them and, and and introduced them to therapeutics like vitamin uh, vitamin D and, and vitamin uh, A and vitamin and do the vitamin um, uh, improvement of their immune system and minerals too. If you had done that, I would have been much more inclined to say, "How about you give them a, a you know a, a shot or a, a boost on their on their immune system through through that medical." I mean, this is common sense. They they the medical professionals know what should know what makes biologically a body in function or improve better but of course that's not what they did they this was all about hustling us they hustled if you're a leftist in a city the idea was to hustle people so you could destroy our economy which is what lockdowns do and the the carnage that they they imposed on us is now leading to uh you know they're trying to just they they stressed out a bunch of people that didn't need to be stressed they've they've destroyed people's ability to make money they laid off many people they got a, a bunch of dumbass leftists thinking that they can keep on getting money through UBI from the government realizing not realizing that unless you have productivity that goes along with your that money that's being printed up well your money becomes worthless and they know this if they really think about it they know this the vast majority of them do. Uh, there's very few that are really that dumb to not know that. But they don't care because they don't care about this country, and that's what's been reprehensible is that there are people in this there there are people in this world that will exploit every aspect of society in order to get what they want, and then when you call them on it, then they they complain and they they complain to authorities or they make it about race or they turn they try to turn it around on people it's because they're just they're just basically they they don't have any moral scruples and they never have um i think i'm going to end it there i just i didn't really have a lot of structure to this uh broadcast i hope that uh in the future i'm going to be doing uh probably weekly broadcast because during the week it's going to be too hard because i'm going to be working a lot of hours and uh, but that's you know that's a good thing I appreciate uh, uh, anybody who listens and I hope that you have a wonderful weekend coming up and we can somehow arrest the problems that have been going on in the United States 
at this point, I'll let it go. And um, God bless America. And God bless you.